morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Turn Left. I am your host, Indiana's own Dana Black, coming to you live. Yes, all the way live from Black Girl Studios, where we talk about Indiana politics from the left side of things. Wow. First show of the year, and I can't even remember my own call line? That's crazy. That's crazy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I hope everyone had an amazing holiday season. I know that I did. Um, I tell you the highlight of my season was on New Year's Day, getting to stand next to my boo as she got sworn in for her, count them, one, two, three, third term as the Bloomington City Clerk and nothing cooler than having her judge mom swear her in. So that was the highlight. I mean, Christmas was great. New Year's Eve was great. All those things. But, you know, we're a political junkie crew. And so to stand with my boo um, as she uh, was being sworn in was the highlight of my holiday. Uh, I want to say this before I even get into my rant. There seems to be a lot of uh, consternation going on in the world right now. Folks is all up in arms and feeling like violence and killing is the only way to solve problems, especially when they don't agree with how you pray. I want to say this. I say holiday season. It does not mean I don't want you to have a Merry Christmas. It doesn't mean I'm not saying Happy Hanukkah or whatever holiday that you celebrate during this time of year. There are multiple holidays, multiple religions who are celebrating holidays. And because I love everyone, and I want to see you humanity love on each other, I will continue to say happy holidays. But I wanna speak specifically right now to my Muslim and Jewish brothers and sisters. And I mentioned it at Shelly Yoder, Senator Shelly Yoder's fundraiser last month. I love y'all. I love people who pray with Allah. I love the people who pray with Yahweh. And I love the people who pray with Jesus Christ. Buddha and all of them. My point is this, I'm going to fight to make sure that you are protected in praying the way that you want, because this hate that we're seeing now, it was, see, look, I, black folks been seeing this hate for a long time. This, this level of hate ain't new. Gay folks been seeing this level of hate for a long time. Unfortunately, a lot of my, you know, less melanated brothers and sisters are, are experiencing things that they haven't felt. And I know my Jewish brothers and sisters have felt it at different points in history. And so have my Islamic brothers and sisters, but it's gotten to the point where we've just lost our collective human minds and that killing people for the sake of killing people to prove a point is where we are right now. And I, I am of the mind and of the belief that the way we have systematically dismantled public education is one of the biggest reasons why we are seeing humanity in, Indi in America specifically deteriorate at the rate that it has. You see, when you work so diligently to defund an institution, that means that institution will not receive the best resources that are required to accomplish the goal, which is inevitably to educate humans. Specifically in Indiana, we have this ridiculous voucher system. And listen, Republicans are going to tell you that, you know, they increased education, public education by so many blah, 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 millions of dollars. 
we ain't gonna talk about the fact they messed up with the Medicare thing. We ain't gonna go there. But they also took millions of dollars from the public education fund so that people who make over 200, family of four, who makes over $220,000 a year can send their child who may not have ever gone to a public school to private and charter schools. That makes up about 1% of the entire population. 1% of these people are getting these vouchers. And people in my rural communities continue to vote for people who are defunding their school systems because if you listen to Republicans, they continue to tell you that it's all about school choice. It's choice, <laughs> it's a choice, choice where you can send your kid. It's a choice, it's a choice, it's a choice. If you're in rural Indiana and you're in a school district where there's only one corporation, maybe two corporations in the entire county, can you please tell me what choice you have? What choice do you have? What choice do you actually have? Do you actually and honestly believe that a charter school, which is now a for-profit institution, is going to show up in your county where they realize there's no way to make a profit? Who's gonna go? So now you don't have a choice. And the people that you continue to vote for in rural Indiana just said, we are gonna take so many millions of dollars away from public education to give to these people who go on to have choice, right? They got choice and you don't have any, which means now your school corporation is trying to do the same with less resources. I don't know why they don't explain that to you. And, and because this is happening and they're not getting the resources, we're not able to pay teachers what they deserve Teachers had to beg for some money. Can you please pay me so I don't have to go work for Uber? Can you please? Now you don't have the best teachers and teachers are leaving the industry. And listen, there are gonna be some teachers that are some, there's some good teachers and there's some not so good teachers. And I promise you the not so good teachers are gonna be the ones that are gonna go ahead and take the money. And be like, okay, I'll just do whatever. <clears throat> so is your child actually getting the best of the best? As far as education, and listen, I'm not hating on teachers. Trust no one, believe that. But I mean, there's, you know, there's an A rating doctor and then there's a B rating doctor. There's an A rating dentist and there's a B rating dentist. I'm just saying. So now you have all of these school districts who are producing people who are not at their best. And then they get information and can't distinguish this information or disseminate information. And they, and they don't learn about people who are different than them because you have silly little people who don't want to tell the truth about American history like it actually didn't happen, right? Didn't happen. They don't want to tell the truth. So now you got people running around with these notions of what they think people who are not like them are like, and they got it all screwed up. And they, they start with this hate in their heart. They're not being successful because they didn't get the education to go out and get the job. I mean, do you see, do you see how this perpetuates on and on and on and on? How people find themselves in, in an upset situation. So then somebody sees somebody like me, a good old masculine black lesbian who looks successful. I don't know what success means to you. I look like I'm all right. And they get mad because they think I'm taking something that they should have had. And so they get violent and they wanna hurt people. 
Now, mind you, it is in all religions that are doing this. You got the Muslims fighting the Jews and the Jews fighting the Muslims and the Christians just trying to blow everybody up. Yep, I said it. So I, I am begging y'all, as we begin 2024, and I know Kevin, I mean, I know that uh, Cat Williams went in and this is a political show, so I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to start off with love in 2024 and hope that it spreads and permeates throughout the universe because we have got to do better or we will no longer exist. All right. So I'm going to start with a couple of stories because I think it's important. You know, the General Assembly session is about to start next week. I'm excited about it because, as you guys know, I'm a, a political junkie and I will sit there uh, while I'm working and, and process and act blue uh, questions. I will be listening to what's happening in the General Assembly. So I'm going to tell you about a couple of bills that, uh, that a couple of dem Democrats are introducing so that we can try to see if these bills can get called into a committee. So sometimes it's not about trying to stop a bill. Sometimes we got to try to get bills pushed through. Okay. So uh, 21 Alive reports, State Representative Shelley Clinker of District 27 um, <laughs> is first and foremost a teacher. Clinker spent decades in the classroom teaching grades levels from elementary to high school. While she's retired, she says she still volunteers and helps teach her district where her daughter also teaches. She says she has witnessed firsthand the hardships school districts are facing and the, at the lack of teachers in the classroom. That's why she's proposed a new bill she hopes will help. We need people in our prof profession desperately, and we need something to incentivize them to do that, Representative Clinker said. During this year's legislative session, Clinker is proposing House Bill 1037, which would increase teacher minimum salary to $60,000 a year. You learn a lot by going back into the classroom, Clinker said. There is a lot more expected of teachers in the classrooms. I mean, they got to go do gun training and everything now. Currently, the law requires a minimum salary of $40,000 for each full-time teacher. Clinker said from some of our of the rural and smaller school districts, that was a lot and funding was tight. In 2023, Clinker proposed a similar bill that would have raised minimum wage to $50,000, but it died in the education committee. Many of our young people, including my daughter, who is a teacher here in Lafayette, weren't at the point at all. They weren't making $40,000 a year. So that bill was so important, but it was not enough to encourage people to come into our profession. What was I just talking about? So now, she, Representative Clinker is introducing a bill. Write it down, 1037. Call your representatives and see if we can get this bill called into a committee and get voted out of committee so that we can pay our teachers what they are worth. And when we pay our teachers what they are worth, it benefits the students. Simple as that. An educated society is a better society. All right, Chalkbeat reports a proposed bill would restrict the power to approve and oversee new charter schools in Indianapolis to two government authorizers, the Indiana Charter School Board and the Indianapolis Charter School Board. Under the legislation pitched by Democratic State Senator Andrea Hunley, a former Indianapolis public school principal, Several other authorizers are active, uh, active in the state and would no longer be allowed to approve charter schools in Marion County. 
Authorizers are institutions that have the power to approve or reject charter charters for new schools and provide oversight that an elected elected school board would would for traditional public schools. In Indiana, they can be tied to school boards, the state, uh, the state and Indianapolis charter school boards or certain universities. Hunley's bill follows a chalkbeat Indiana report on charter school accountability that found roughly a third of brick and mortar or blended model charter schools in Marion County have closed since 2001. Hunley said the charter chalkbeat report raises questions about whether authorizers are providing adequate oversight and quality control in Indianapolis. It's really a problematic process that's been allowed to happen, Henley said. I think now we're seeing the reality of how damaging, destabilizing this can be for kids. Guys. Guys. The charter school, school choice don't work in Indianapolis. It don't work in rural Indiana. It don't work. In, they don't have them in the suburbs. They won't let them come in the suburbs. They're like, nah. So why is that? Why is why are there no charter schools in the suburbs? Huh? Huh? Guys, listen, it's a failed thing, but they're going to keep on doing it. Why? Because over half our budget is in education. And everybody's trying to dip into the money and pocket it for themselves and not giving a damn what happens to the students. Yes, there's going to be some lucky kids to get a great education. Yes, and there are going to be people who are successful in spite of the fact they got tossed around and they had to go to 15 different charter schools in Indianapolis. But it is not healthy for the future of our state. So tonight's rant is about how do we be better humans? We got to educate ourselves better, all right? And that's my rant because I want to go hurry up and get to our guest. There's going to be a lot of changes this year. If you notice the link, the donate link this year, look, Turn Left is now an official fundraiser for our candidates. No longer will you see the individual fundraising links, but if they're on ActBlue, you can always go look them up. But if you want to donate so we can track and see how well we're fundraising for our candidates via Turn Left, click on the donate link that is in the chat. It is there. Please donate. It's not going to turn left. That money is going to be split between the two candidates who are on that show or three or however many there are on that show that particular day. And it'll show the candidate that, yo, there's value in coming on turn left, that people are listening and that people want to support our candidates. Okay. So donate on the link. Don't play. Turn left so we can donate to our candidates because they're going to need our time, talent, and treasure if they want to win elections in 2024. All right. Now, that being said, Bohm's Unique Boutique is back as a sponsor of Turn Left. So let me shout it out. And I got a couple of more ads I want to run for you today. All right. Come on, Dana. Today's show is brought to you by Bohm's Unique Boutique. Click on the QR code. And for all Turn Left listeners, you can get a 10% discount on your order by using the code Democrat. Be sure to visit www.bomesuniqueboutique.com. And of course, Black First Studios is not going anywhere. You know, some of our candidates aren't raising a lot of money, they don't, but they still need to get their message out. Be sure to click these links, y'all, these, these QR codes, scan the QR codes, and reach out to me because it's not just turn left. <clears throat> Black Pearl Studios can help you with your video content. As you that I created my own commercial there, right? It doesn't, it's not going to be super fancy. It's not going to be a $20,000 video, but it'll be something that'll help you get your message out on social media. Okay. And if you need help with advertising, I can help you with that. 
Yes, this is a paid service. I can't do everything for free, y'all. But this will give you guys an opportunity to get your message out. I would thank you to um, Blythe and Sarah last year who let me shoot their commercials for them. We were able to get those knocked out and they had a good response from them. So reach out to me, Indiana's own Dana Black, Black Pearl T Studios, Black Pearl IT Solutions. I can assist you with your digital content for this campaign season. All right, now. Let's get to our guests. I had a lot to get in. It's the first show of the night, of the, of the year. So I had a lot to get in. First up, you know, I, I got some homies in this business. I, I got some straight up dogs, like people that I just kick it with. One of these fine young humans <laughs> I met years and years ago when she invited me into her home for a Kentucky Derby party. That's how long ago it has been. Y'all give it up for my first guest who is running as candidate in House District 69, Miss Trish Wilk Whitcomb. Trish, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dana. Glad to be here. And of course, you know, I love meeting new people. I've met, met them before, but I haven't had a really chance to really dig down deep and have that wonderful conversation with him. But we're going to do it today. I met him at the Christmas party. Running in House District 35. Y'all give it up for candidate Phil Gift. Phil, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I love it. All right, guys. Was there anything in my rant that y'all wanted to touch on? I mean, I, I was talking about a lot. Oh, come on, T-Dub. Bring it out. <laughs> oh, baby, you're talking my language. You know, this whole thing about accountability in school funding is right in my heart. I think you remember when I worked for Glenda Ritz at the Department of Education, when we went in there in 2013, there was over $200 million in forgiven loans to charter schools mm. from the Common School Fund loan. This is a problem that affects every school district in the state. Accountability for these tax dollars that are supposed to be going for education must, must be accounted for. And the other thing, I, I won't hog the whole program because Dana, you got me going on my favorite topic. The other thing about this thing with the charter schools opening and closing, opening and closing, you are right. That is death on education. So I, I want to commend Andrea Hunley, Senator Andrea Hunley on her bill to limit the number of charter schools. I think that that or the charter school authorization. And maybe we just pause on the formation of charter schools for a while until we get this figured out. And the other thing is, Representative Clinker, she's right. We need to be able to, we, I talked to a woman at Fresh Market the other day. She quit teaching because she can make more money at Fresh Market. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, So she can make more money. Yep. Being a grocer is an honorable profession. I'm not hating on it or nothing like that. Yeah, right. But the idea that someone who is stocking your food shelves is making more than the person who's stocking your child's brain. Right, right, right. That's so, scary. That's yeah, scary. Phil, Phil, did you have anything that you wanted to jump in on that? Yeah, I, I've got to say, you know, you were basically preaching to the choir. Uh, I think the voucher system just needs to go. Last year, in the 2022-23 school year, 
there was $311.8 million that went to vouchers and did not go to your public school system. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that changes. And that's why I need to be elected to Indiana House 35, and we need to get Jennifer McCormick in the governor's mansion. All right. That sounds like a lot, you know, and we got a lot of work to do. Guys, again, you're going to like these candidates. Excuse me. You're going to like these candidates. Please, please click the donate link. $5. Ten dollars. You can even become a recurring donor. If you become a recurring donor, let me know and I'll make sure we get you hooked up the right way. But please consider donating to our candidates and they as a, as they begin to share with you why they are running for their office. All right, Trish, tell the people yeah. who you are and where you come from. Oh, man, I come from Indiana. I've been here. My family's been here for seven generations. And uh, we are the only family who has had two Governor Whitcombs. Two? Well, Two. I, I know about the one. <laughs> Honey, you know that poet, James Whitcomb Riley? Yeah. His daddy and mommy were good friends with the first Governor Whitcomb, James Whitcomb, back in the 1830s. And so, yeah. <laughs> so it, we are seventh generation Hoosiers. We've been here a long time. And I'm not thinking about that in a dynastic way. I'm thinking about it as growing up in a family of public service. You know, that, that is the whole thing. In, in my biography, if you would, you can see that my entire, even starting in high school, I mean, I was a Girl Scout till I graduated from high school. I was a water safety counsel here in Seymour, Indiana. I, my whole life, I have been engaged in things that mostly surround uh, education, but, uh, and most recently our class created a scholarship for graduates of uh, Seymour High School. Uh, last year we gave out $3,500. And wow. so, um, yeah, I feel, you know, Southern Indiana is a beautiful place. I'm glad to be from here. I went to public school down here and then I had the good fortune of going to Butler University for yeah. my undergraduate and uh, in teaching and uh, was a classroom teacher for many years, went to University of Wyoming on a uh, teaching assistantship where you get paid a very small amount of money and you teach a very big class, U.S. Constitutional and Wyoming State Government. And uh, after that, I was very busy with working with Senator Birch Bayh and uh, also worked on the campaign for Senator Evan Bayh and I've had a career, it's a very checkered past in um, investment banking for community redevelopment, that sort of thing, uh, public relations and education. So I want to bring all these talents to the job of representing House District 69. Well, can I say, first of all, like it never, it didn't actually dawn on me, like you were the Wickham Riley pe- Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> Does anybody think that, you know, I'm related to every person last name black? It just didn't dawn on me that you were. And and that's actually speaks volumes to the person you are. You're not a pretentious human at all. Like if anybody's going to be, an, you know, in Hoosier standards, right? If anybody's going to be pretentious, it is definitely somebody that's connected to Wickham Riley. T- tell me why you, how, how did you stay so grounded and didn't, aren't a part of like the, you don't have that aristocratic air. My parents, my parents, my parents, my parents, my grandmother lived with us. Um, I was very, very lucky. I had a very strong faith uh, upbringing and I still embrace that to this day. 
I think that uh, growing up with parents who dad was on the board of the girls club. I mean, things like that. Um, I'm, I'm very, very happy that I have the upbringing that I have and that I am able to meet people where they are because I, I think that's what we need in a civilized civil world is to not judge and just reach out and, and help us help each other as best we can. So let me ask you this. You said that you did some investment banking um, and you were able to help um, organizations find the resources. What do you think that that skill set that you have would be beneficial when you go in to talk about um, school funding and that you understand the funding structure and, and ha better yet, how will you use that skill um, to help with understanding this? Because apparently there's accountability. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, the accountability comes first, uh, but I really feel like we need to reconfigure the funding base for schools. It, you know, um, the referendum is the only way that school districts can get more money to operate. I think that puts a big burden on school personnel. They have to run campaigns. Why are we injecting more politics into education when we really should be taking them out? Mm -hmm. They're trying to make them partisan now. Yeah, the school board, dis yeah, school board um, elections. Yeah, yeah, it's very harmful. Yeah. Um, we see with the Medicare situation where we, the state uh, ran out of money, somebody didn't know how to count, the math wasn't mathing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have this feeling that we, we need more financial, financial institutional minded people uh, in our state house who understand, because I, I ain't going to pretend like I understand finance. I got a guy. I got a girl, actually, that handles my stuff. Like, look, I pull all the documents together and I give it to her. But yeah. but we it sounds like we need more people who are going to be committed to looking to those numbers. And I'm excited about hearing more about your campaign and, and why you're running. Phil, tell the people who you are and uh, where you come from. I am just mumbling and bumbling today. Ah, first show. Sorry. OK, yeah, my name's Phil Gift. I was born and raised in Fairmount, Indiana. Uh, did great in one through 12 there. And uh, yeah. Um, uh, little town, little town. I don't know if uh, how many people have heard of Fairmount, but a uh, little Quaker community. Actually, the name of our team was the Fairmount Quakers, uh, which is very, very telling of the town, but doesn't exactly instill fear in opponents like going up against the Tigers. <laughs> Not a Quaker. Quakers. Yeah. <laughs> you will never hear the fighting Quakers. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really yeah, it's an oxymoron or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, I, I did all 12 years there. Um, not a Rhodes Scholar, but I am a, I'm not a Rhodes Scholar, but I am a Rhodes Scholar. Uh, got an associate, when I got out of high school, I did an associate's degree in journalism from Vincennes University. Nice. Then uh, jobs and, and, and relationships took me to Cincinnati and I got a bachelor's degree in administrative management from the University of Cincinnati. And went to work for a company that did health testing for industry, became interested in healthcare, didn't have academic credential one. So I went to Ball State and got an RN degree. I love it. And uh, so, and I think that's probably the most rewarding education I've ever done in my life. I, I really do. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I, 
I worked at uh, my first job. I started at Methodist Hospital, and then I went down and I worked at Winona Hospital. And I don't know if anybody even remembers remember Winona, Winona Hospital very well. Great hospital. It was at Thirty Second and Meridian. Mm-hmm. Did that, um, and uh, so uh, moved down to McAllen, Texas, um, and worked at the McAllen Heart Hospital down there. So I had a lot of of, of chance to see like what's going on on the border. Um, so these don't know McAllen, Texas is right on the the Mexican border mm-hmm. in southern Texas, in South Texas, in the tip of Texas. Uh, so then. Uh, my wife at the time and I decided to move back to Indiana. And I say back, she was from Texas, so she hadn't been here. And when we moved back, moved to, Ga- moved to Gaston, Indiana. Um, and that's about halfway between uh, Fairmount and, or halfway, maybe between halfway between Marion and Muncie. Uh, and went to work at the VA. Um, my wife, she's a psych nurse, so she, you know, they do a lot of psych stuff at the VA. I had heard so many bad things about the VA. I thought, uh, I don't think I want to work there. I never thought about it. So, but she interviewed and they said, you know, they loved her because she'd started uh, psychiatric day treatment programs and everything. So they go, well, we got a job for you too if you want it. And because I had done mostly cardiac stuff. <laughs> you say that okay. so nonchalant. Oh, just mostly cardiac stuff. Yeah. So ticket, anyway. ticket, ain't nobody doing nothing. <laughs> so, anyway, the day I hit the door, well, I can't say the day I hit the door at the VA, but within two weeks, I totally loved the VA. Love it. I think, I will tell you now, I think the VA is the best healthcare system in the world, and I will debate it with anybody that wants to debate that. Um, so when I walked into the VA on day one, the rest of, and this was 2003, so the rest of the world was still, rest of the medical world was still slinging paper and everything. Mm-hmm. Walked into the VA, they had a computerized system, and 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 everything just seemed to click. So I stayed there for 17 years, did most of my Marion stuff as a triage RN uh, in, uh, in the urgent care was emergency care. Then it became urgent because we didn't really have any business taking emergencies. But um, so, and then from there, I went to the uh, Muncie community-based outpatient clinic. And uh, that's where I ended my career there about 1970. I did go back and work a little bit. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, and during that time, I did become active in, in our union, the American Federation of Government Employees, <laughs> and uh, then always always on some level or another held an office, and then I served as our legislative political coordinator uh, during most of that time. So, uh, you know what, anyway. y- you're like, and now here I am, I couldn't run for political office because I was a federal employee. And uh, and uh, there was that Hatch Act thing. Yeah, of course, yeah. I never paid any attention to, but I probably would have come after me a little stronger if I had. Phil, you, you clowning. You are dropping some gems and you like doing it so like, yeah, and then oh, I was you. in the union, you know, I was an officer. I, I mean, the year we just come up, came off a year where unions have made life better for everybody. The UAW. And you know what? 
I can't believe the people that are that are that are bad mouthing Biden right now. And we had a president who walked a picket line. Tell me when that ever happened. Never. Never. Yeah, never. that's the answer. Never. Never. And, and I mean, uh, I mean, look, the UAW was so powerful and so successful. Give y'all raises. We just gonna go ahead and give y'all raises. I'm, but but I'm what's scary? Well, I, I'm gonna let you get back in. But what's scary? Is if you listen to the last presidential debate, because I'm a junkie, I'm, I'm a sucker for even the idiots, they all bashed the unions and talked about how they wanted to bust them up in a year that unions had made so many gains to improve so many lives. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Wait a minute. May I just say Absolutely. that? Because um, it is even beyond unions. And I went to the legislative breakfast down here in Jackson County, and I can tell you that the big mantra now is there is a lot of freedom in a 1099 job, so much more than in an hourly salary or wage job. I mean, now come on, yeah, it's freedom from retirement benefits, it's freedom from health care, it's freedom from sick days, and it's freedom to work for less, yeah. Right. And so that's that's what the Republicans are pushing now. The uh, 1099 gig is, you know, the and job you don't even get a 401k. You don't get a 401k. So when you with so you doing a 1099 like labor job where it could be a little bit more difficult on your body, something that you can't do into your 70s, but you ain't don't have no 401k. I mean, right. it seems like somebody is profiting off of keeping people broke. Oh, you think so? I think Walter Mondale summed that up when he was running for president. And he said that. He said, I get the scariest feeling when I'm out there that people somehow feel it's patriotic to go broke. <laughs> and he was right. He still is. It's, this is crazy. I mean, I'm listening to you drop these gems. Okay. And there's one other thing I want to just kind of like highlight. I mean, how cool is it that um, you two have basically reversed societal roles? In that, Trish, you're in finance, which there weren't a lot of women occupying that space, I imagine, when you began that career. And, Phil, there weren't a lot of male nurses. Like, you guys are <laughs> no, like... I, I actually had a guy one time, he said, oh, you're a, uh, a male nurse. I said, no, I'm going to have a change of sex operation for your idea of a stereotype. Exactly. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, this is what I love about our party. We, we, will, we will take what you think is atypical and throw it upside down and put it on his head because there's so much diversity even in our diversity so can i just say yo how cool i didn't know these things like i didn't know it so to have the the, the role reversals is astonishing all right let's get into some some policy i think the folks get a good idea of who y'all are uh trish why are you running for office I am running for office down here in Southern Indiana because I love this part of the state and this part of the state has been neglected by people who have been elected and in Indianapolis too long. A clown. A perfect, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. Number one, um, when they redid the tax, the gasoline tax that's supposed to pay for bridges and roads and all that stuff, um, not only did they change it from you pay in your taxes on the number of gallons to buy to the price, which increases with inflation, which is really stupid. Uh, they also reformulated the distribution 
So now our rural counties here in Southern Indiana are getting less money. That, you know, that can't happen. Every year the General Assembly makes laws that target counties and target regions. It's time that this region gets targeted for more help. We have a county, Washington County doesn't even have a hospital now. Wow. Wow. You need to have a baby. You need to drive to Seymour or you need Mm -hmm. to drive to Bedford or someplace else to have your child. That that's really asking too much of people. The other thing is we need more mental health care down here because the opiate and meth problem is still raging down here. And when people need treatment, even if they wanted to get off the dope, they couldn't do it because they can't get the help they need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These are the problems that are not unique to Southern Indiana, but I'm here to fight for that. I'm here also to fight for affordability in housing, childcare, and public health. We, the accessibility and the affordability of those three things. Our, our community leaders do a pretty good job of bringing jobs down here to Southern Indiana. Mm-hmm. But all the things that people need to support their ability to go to work, we're lacking. Employers tell me that the number one reason that they have problems with absenteeism at work is because of child care. Mm-hmm. So these are the things that I'm going to be making a very big point of when I am elected and on the campaign trail. Now, one of the things that I, I, I don't let folks do when they come on this show is to name their uh, uh, Republican opponent. But I just have a couple of questions for you. OK, um, mm-hmm. will you be placing stockings over your head and mocking people who may be uh, immune compromised? No, you can count on me not to do that. Okay. And you can also count on me not to say if you want a piece of cake job, be a teacher. Mm. Will, will mm. you will you um will you get pulled over uh for a DUI and then chuck it up in the police car if if you happen to? I mean, cause you know, it could happen, but I mean, would you chuck it up and then would, would would you do that? Well, would I author a bill that says if you get arrested for erratic driving and they can they think that you are intoxicated? With alcohol or THC, you can only be charged with one, not both. <laughs> oh, what a sneaky, sneaky fella. Um, you're, the guy that you're running against has been a clown and an embarrassment to our state house for several, several cycles now. In fact, um, his own party mm-hmm. censured him. Mm-hmm. If your own party in R- Ruby Red, Indiana, is censuring you. Wouldn't it suggest that he has a, a, a question, he is of questionable character? Well, I'll tell you what, it speaks to the corruption of the whole system. I'm mm. sorry. The, you know, these things don't happen in a vacuum. Mm. We have sweetheart deals going on in local government, not so much, but I'm talking about the shortened sentence that he got. Mm-hmm. You know, walk in, ask the judge, okay, you can go. Um, that's part of the whole vibe Mm. um, in the state of Indiana when it comes to cronyism and corruption. And that comes from one-party rule, and that is why it is so important that people understand breaking up that 
supermajority yeah, is going to give more voices to the laws that we have here in Indiana. And that's that's a good thing for democracy. Yeah, I, I think that seat. Um, I, I want that clown show to end. It's he, it, that person. That person is an embarrassment. I'm going to say things that you will not say, Trish, and I understand because you're the candidate, but he's a clown and he don't deserve to be where he is. You know, yes, I, I, he's there down with uh, the cannabis, but even a broke clock is correct twice. So I, I, I it's in. It's embarrassing to me that it would even be a close race, but it's going to be a close race because you're going to win. You're going to win that. Uh, Phil, tell, tell people why you run for office. Because I can now. I don't work for the government anymore. Come on. And, uh, and also, it's this whole Roe v. Wade thing was maybe the tipping point for me. I mean, I think this is the biggest human rights violations in slavery. When you tell a woman what she can and cannot do, with her own body and how to manage a pregnancy, that's scary. And um, then to add to like, even the scarier of scary, we had a Supreme Court that kind of agrees that women don't have the right to manage their own pregnancies. They do not have autonomy over their own bodies. That's a very, very scary, scary, scary scenario for me. I, you know, and I'll tell you right now. Can I ask you one question? Though? There like, would be an abortion clinic on every corner. Let me, let me, I cannot you, imagine. You, Phil, 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 real quick. I'm going to let you tell the rest of your story, but I want to <laughs> ask this. Why is it scary for you? For simply the fact that they can do that to another human being. And I do think is, you know, and, and where I was headed yeah. was, um, you know, I, I can't imagine me not having that choice mm. or I would have been raising hell about it forever to tell me that, you know, sometimes pregnancies happen. You know, we've got two drives there. We've got species preservation. Number or number one is self-preservation and number two is species preservation. Right. So yeah. you we're probably going to have some unwanted and unexpected pregnancies. So with even, you know, maximum precautions, a woman can still find herself in that situation and she should be able to manage it. And may I add to that, Phil, becoming pregnancy, becoming pregnant shouldn't be a death sentence. Mm -mm. And that's what it well, is. Yeah, or at least if you're going to raise a kid, a 20 year sentence well, no, and about, about... $600,000 fine. <laughs> Right. And, and I can think of nothing else worse in the world to bring an unwanted child into this world. That's the most cruel thing anyone could do. I'm talking also about the health care repercussions. Mm -hmm. We have people who do not want to practice OBGYN now. Mm -hmm. We oh, have yeah. Indiana University sending their students out of oh. state to learn this kind of reproductive health care. Oh, yeah. This is going to contribute to, we already have very high infant mortality rates, and we already have very high maternal right. mortality rates. I'm sorry, David. Uh, I, I just had to throw that in there, which is disproportionately higher in black and brown communities. Thank you. Absolutely. No, it's just going to get sure. worse oh, and worse for everybody. Yeah. Go so, on, Phil. Yeah. Tell us why you're running, bro. I'm sorry. You just keep you just you blowing my my mind, bro. I'm just, just 
keep talking. Keep, why, why are you running? Keep talking. Well, Abortion number one. Yeah. And that was so. So if, if if it hadn't been for the fact that you were in the federal government before, you probably would have ran for office before. Most likely, because I've always been kind of a political junkie. That's um, you That's know, funny. and uh, so and then I like I said, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed being active in, in the union and, uh, you know, looking at actually I, I had read a lot of Katinja Brown Jackson's opinions when Trump tried to dismantle our union as soon as he was there. I usually, if, if someone goes on this, is, is on the Supreme Court, I've not read much of their opinions, but Katenji Brown Jackson, I had, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. Yes, Justice, Justice Jackson is, is all of that. So guys, uh, you, you know, you, you talked about why you're running and those are really, you know, those are real goals because you see what we need to do to change the voice voices in our state house. But you also live in your communities. Trish, what are the people in your communities telling you that they need from us in the state house? Thank you for asking. I'll tell you, I recently um, sent a survey out to young Democrats in this area. And I asked them about um, three main things, affordability of housing, affordability of childcare, and access to economic opportunity. And then I asked them, what do you like best about living here? And what do you think could be improved? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, their views mirror just what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, the, one of the you know things, healthcare is putting great pressure on people's budgets. Mm -hmm. You know, Indiana is seventh in the nation for hospital costs. And that is taking its toll on our young people. They need a place to live. They can't find an affordable. They'd like to get a bigger house or a bigger place to live for their growing families. They can't afford it. Mm. They want to have access to good opportunities for growth in their careers, but they also understand that there will be sacrifices that they have to make to do that, and that means paying more for the very basic things that, that you need in a life. And I'll tell you what though, the one thing they do like down here is that we have good parks and we have good um, amenities for people and uh, low crime. So, you know, those are good things. I'm glad to report that. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it's like living down here. Phil, what are they telling you up there? Uh, you basically just the, uh, the issues that I mentioned, just uh, lack of autonomy. Uh, and also, of course, um, and I, I've actually checked on our schools. It, it doesn't appear to be a, a huge issue, but the LGBTQ issue and the way they're being treated in the public schools. Um, and uh, and that's it. I, I support uh, outreach uh, a lot, so I have a lot of contact with them. Um, and uh, Laura Janney, she's, uh, she started that, and uh, she's just done a great job. Oh, and, my God. Uh, so... so Pardon? You're just blowing yeah. me away. So, uh, well, yeah, you're good, I guess. You know. So anyway, you're speaking my language, uh, bro. So yeah, I, I, I think that the biggest thing, and, and and I'll tell you what, when you look at it, 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 I think the scariest thing really is the fact that Donald Trump is leading in the polls, and that he has a lot of Hoosiers supporting him. That's kind of infuriating. But also it's sad because that tells me that these people are scared to death. Oh, yeah. 
And I don't know what it is that's scaring them. I really don't. The I mean, voters, their voters are scaring was, them. Their voters. They are afraid of their voters. You, yeah, you, I, it's, it's really simple. They it's they're afraid of them because they will call and threaten. If you do anything that they don't like, they will threaten their your life. They will threaten your family. They will threaten your dog. These people are nuts. This is I a know. cult. And even even Republicans, that poor one named Raffenberger out there in Georgia, he's a Republican. These people are nuts. But but you know what's even <laughs> scarier is that we got one of those, you know, king nuts running for governor and a king nut running for senator. Yeah, and and the and the sad thing is they don't they don't respect the system. And the system's really simple. It's obvious to me that a lot of these people really really snoozing during eighth grade government. You know. Three branches of government, executive, legislative, judicial. They're all autonomous. They stand individual on their own. How hard is that to understand? It looks like a lot of Republicans just don't quite get it. Or they don't the care. They don't care. Yeah. They may get it. They, they repeat, just want the power. You repeat that lie over enough, and, and, and it becomes true. That's that's sort of the philosophy there. Uh, Fauci. God, I couldn't believe the way they went nuts on Fauci. They they couldn't they couldn't hold a candle to Dr. Fauci's intelligence. I mean, no, I and, actually uh, no. Our one epidemiologist at Ball, Susan Bassan, she actually uh, she actually worked with him a while, or he taught some classes. She was just talking about what a great guy he was and everything. I love so, it. I mean, it just, it's it's a clown show, man. And so as y'all think about, you know, I think my main push this year, my 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 tagline for everything is going to be time talent or treasure um, to get rid of that supermajority and um, get we need a statewide office because I honestly believe that Indiana is about to be ground zero um, at to the end of democracy if we don't get things together you know we talked about you know the governor the guy that's running the people that are happy to be endorsed by the 91 criminal indicted uh, criminal charges and four indictments getting their endorsement but it's not just those two there are people within that state house who are ready to just get rid of democracy. Let I, I know yeah. I, I let's let's just let's dig into because y'all didn't you know this is a good conversation. You know, yes, we want to talk about policies and we want to talk about how we improve our communities and we'll get there. But there seems to be a fundamental difference between people who believe in democracy and those that don't. Trish, what is happening to the boomers, and what are they teaching? the Gen Xers and the Z's and the millennials, because it's every generation, you can find one of these right-wing nuts and, and every one of these generations. Why are well, we believing the lie? I, that, that's a multi-million dollar question. You know, I, when you talk about um, people getting elected and then going crazy, that's, I don't know if you've ever heard my limestone fever no. line, but, Tell the, it, the, tell what, it, tell it. Yeah, limestone fever is not something that people who work in the quarries get, you know, limestone quarries. It is the, what happens to people who are elected and return to that state house that is made of limestone. They get in there, they forget who elected them, they forget why they were sent there, they believe that their constituents are other legislators, lobbyists, and big money interests, mm. and that is limestone fever. If you if you saw Common Causes um, report from the legislature last year, 
over $20 million in one session gifts to legislators. We're talking about Pacer tickets. We're talking about Colts games. We're talking about very expensive dinners and trips. And as long as you report it, you know, then that that's okay. I, I will not let anybody buy me a cup of coffee and I will be joining the Republicans and Democrats who have that rule of conduct and ethic, ethic for themselves. That's that's one of the things that you can count on me. I am not going to play that game. The, the whole thing about you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, that thrives in a one-party system. Mm -hmm. And we have had, I mean, I know I need Republicans to vote for me, for me to be elected, but I think those will be the Republicans who appreciate good government and yeah. who appreciate the democracy that we need to make sure that everybody advances. I know both of you guys are talking to Republicans, right? I, you have to yeah. because of what your districts I, I are. I live in gas and I don't have any choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because of the districts y'all are in. There, right. I know that there, y'all talking to reasonable Republicans, right? Let, give me hope. Give me hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they, they understand that you know we can't have this favoritism and this cronyism if we're going to thrive as as a state or even as a country and so i i hear that a bunch down here and i'm happy to tell you that i love so, it so uh, that means we got to get them turned out that means we got to mm -hmm. knock on their doors and we got but in order for us to do that we got to raise you some money y'all if y'all liking this conversation click on the donation link this is a fundraiser this is a digital fundraiser indiana's own dana black turn left we are changing the game on how we raise money for our local candidates feel tell me what you hear are you talking to reasonable republicans are you finding them up there where you are yes i am and, and they're very concerned about um uh, about what basically not even forget the gerrymandered districts, not allowing people to have their choice when it comes to like how to manage a pregnancy, whether or not to legalize cannabis. Um, by the way, uh, last year, year before last, Michigan threw $13 million into their educational fund with taxes from cannabis. Mm. Uh, you know, um, also, uh, you know, it's, um, so that seems to be, but well, they won't put that on a referendum. And like I said, a woman's right to choose. They won't put that. Well, we don't have referendum. referendum, so yeah, and that's what, and that's it. I mean, uh, so you know, basically, they pass laws that the majority is opposed to. But so, so they're and also the, the voucher thing. I, yeah. Oh, excuse me. No, the voucher no. thing, huge, huge. People are sick of that. They want that money to go to their public schools. And see, that's the thing. That's the question I'm asking. Like, you know, are there enough of, of them? And can you get enough of them to not vote straight party ticket and vote for you? And are you, I mean, are y'all like actively communicating and saying, hey, nobody knows what's happening to you when you go into the voting booth? Nobody can see what you do. I mean, are you guys having those conversations? Exactly. Dana, I just, and, and Phil, we just had a little uh, precinct level organization meeting yesterday, and one of the biggest topics was uh, employer intimidation during the primary, and that they will actually have, they will tell their employees, you know, we know how you're voting in the primary, and if you want to keep your job, 
you're not going to take that Democratic ballot. And and so then the is that even legal? Is that legal? Oh hell no! no. <laughs> oh hell no! No 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 no! And so then later on in the afternoon, I was on a Zoom of women statewide, people who are you know political consultants, activists, people who have served in government, and they said that it happens in their community too. Voter intimidation is rampant in our small communities, and that is going to be a big part of our campaign. Is this is how, these are your rights to vote, and this is how you can protect your privacy. And if anybody gives you a hard time about your privacy and your vote, we'll have someone there to protect it. Well, and they can, you know, even if they vote in the Republican primary, right? They pull the Republican primary ticket. They don't know who they're voting for in the general. Right. So I, I would be, I, I would say, look, don't even risk it. Go ahead and pull your Republican card in the primary. Just vote for me in the general because I don't have a primary opponent. Do y'all, y'all don't have primary opponents, do you? Well, see, so Phil, Phil the nail on the head. People have failed eighth grade civics. Yeah. You know, they don't remember that your ballot is private in, yeah. a, in a general election. And yeah. so that is the main thing. Skip the primary or take a Republican ballot, whatever you have to do, so that when it comes time to vote in that general, you'll be able to go vote. Now don't skip the primary. Go vote because we don't want nobody to skip nothing. Go vote, yeah. but just you, when you're in the booth at the general, nobody needs to know what you did did at all. Phil, hey Dana, mm-hmm. Dana, Dana, don't forget, if you take a bunch of Republican primary ballots, you won't be able to run as a Democrat. This is true. Oh, yeah, oh, you know what? It just hit me. There are probably Democrats in the crowd. Wow, I, my brain was still stuck on Republicans. Wow. You know, wow. I'm such a mechanic. I can't forget these things. <laughs> wow. I wasn't we actually even... just had a case like that in Delaware County. I can't recall all the specifics, but you know what they should do. They, we should create a, I'm a, I'm going to create a form and I'm going to distribute the form on social medias and, and then people can anonymously say, Hey, I work at this organization, this person at this organization threatened me with what losing my job if I pull a Democratic primary ticket. I, I think I think we'll do that. I think, we'll, I mean, nobody's going to hack my Google account, so I'm good. And then we can, well, keep, go ahead. we can put them on blast. Well, here's the thing. Don't forget, I'm at ground zero for ballot access for John Rust and the Republican Party running against Jim Banks. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And so... You know, this and the constitutional protections that John Rust is seeking to run for U.S. Senate might not apply to statewide and local uh, elections. But oh, yeah. while the smoke was still rolling out of the Capitol January 6th, you had Banks, Baird and Pence. Yeah, that election was crooked. You know. Yeah. Well, it's not. Uh, like, let me tell you something, Phil. I would take what? you in a dog fight any day of the week, <laughs> even if they gave me all three of them clowns. I take oh. you, me and you, me and you go. That's it. Let's I, go. Let's go. Because, you know, I find <laughs> it interesting. You know, like, I, I got to ask this question because people get it mixed up with, um, they, they, they don't understand a, a lot of individuality. 
right? They don't get it. They they feel like, you know, Phil lives in rural Indiana and Phil is an older white guy who's now retired. But bro, you sound as progressive as me. Yeah, I get mistaken for a Republican a lot. <laughs> hey, we got we could have us a plant. You could be our Kevin Hart. I, I didn't mean to do that, y'all. My bad. My bad. I mean, but look, was it all those years? My mother told me something when I when I was very young, and I felt like she may not have understood what it was for me to come out. And then she made me look like an idiot, and she said, "Dana, I work in a hospital." Like, and she was able to see everything. Did all those years working in healthcare? working in the hospital and seeing people at, at, at their most needy because they're literally in a place where they're seeking assistance or watching their loved ones needing assistance. Did that create or did that help fuel your compassion for humanity? Because that's what I'm hearing. You can, you can label all the different demographics you want, but what I'm hearing is compassion for other humans. Is that where that came from? Right. I, I, it, it has. And, and, you know, um, you know, or, I used to, when I was triage RN, I would take in all of our emergency detention orders. And those are people that have pulled some level of stuff over there coming in, you know. And, uh, and uh, you know, invariably, by the time they got there and all of that, and, and the, whatever police agency brought them in, and then our police grabbed them, and then they brought them to me. And, I, you know, and by then, they were good. And they would say, yeah, it's all over, you know, and it's, you don't really judge anybody unless you've walked a lot of time in their shoes and you don't do that, but you never know what kind of day the other person had. And um, so, you know, I a lot of faith that I work on two things in, in my life, and this helps me a lot, is I try to forgive. Mm. I don't. You know, and even though I've just railed on the republic, I forgive them. I think they're scared, you know, and it's the same way. And I don't judge. Yeah. And that's up to a higher power to judge. So I really work on not judging. And that helps me in my in my day to day life. Boy, you, you, you said a mouthful on this first episode of 2024 Turn Left. My God, I you know what? This has been a really, really super fun conversation. But can y'all believe like we at the end? Um, but before uh, we go, uh, I uh, do need to ask y'all, I got one more question for each y'all, and it's going to be a lengthy question, so we'll be here a little longer. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to start with you, Phil. Tell me, when you win your election in November of 2024, what are the, what are the, is the first piece of legislation you are going to work on? A woman's right to choose. And secondly, would probably be the voucher system. And then tried to get um, uh, uh, legislation passed on legalizing cannabis. I know, you know, at the VA, some guys would like get take, because we went nuts with this pain medication thing. We, mm -hmm. you know, probably were over-prescribing. Well, later we under-prescribed. And, you know, I had a lot of guys say, oh, it's fine. I'll just head up to Michigan, you know. You know, so. I love it. But, I love it. Trish, when you win your yeah. election, in November 2024, what is the first piece of legislation you're going to work on? School accountability, school finance accountability, because, you know, that is the only thing we're going to, the only tool we have to make sure that we have a higher quality education. That is my number one thing. 
Absolutely. I mean, I would also look at IDAC and the uh, billions of dollars, millions of multi-millions of dollars that are going into projects and local governments don't have anything to say about them and they're taking water from everybody and all that good stuff. There's a a lot, Dana. It's going to be a big first day for Phil and me both. I love it. And I I, I think I might have to take off work for that first day just so I can be there. You know what, guys? I This is what the year is going to be. I did not know that uh, popping the cork on the 2024 uh, season, the seventh season of Turn Left, was going to be this amazing. You guys made this show amazing. I want y'all to know, like, this was great. This was, like, freaking Well, I had, I had a lot of fun, you know, so. Well, you're still smiling. That's a good thing. Yeah, okay. You know, and, and, and this is what turn left is about guys. You, I, we can talk, we know the issues. We're Democrats, you know, Republicans ain't listening to turn left, right? They're not. Free books and everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're not listening to me, but this is a way for us as Democrats to com- to be community, for us to be community with each other. There's a reason why I do this. There's a reason why I built an entire studio in my condo so I can have say over how this show is ran. Can't nobody say nothing was happening over here but me. Nobody. So if if somebody who has some uh, uh, grandiose uh, imagination about who they are in the party, the party ain't, ain't running me. Dana's running me. Right. Yeah. And if you are not committed to electing Democrats, and I'm not trying to tell y'all that every Democrat is fantastic. I'm not trying to tell you. That. I'm not even going to tell you that, that you're going to get a, If you can get with a Democrat about 75% of the time, yo, you in good shape. So now I'm now here's the ask. These candidates need your time, talent, and treasure. So, Phil, tell the people where they can find you. At Blue. Just go in, search, you go to the link. I'm on Facebook. I got a Phil Gift for House of Representatives Facebook page. Um, I'm on Act Blue. Uh, you don't even have to get to the right link. There's not that many Phil Gifts. Uh, on Act Blue. I think it was Joe Smith or something. It'd be a little problem, but yeah, right there. Actually, I'm not too far from Phil Giaquinta, So No, you're not. That, I did find that an, an interesting. I, 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 love it. Trish, uh-huh. tell the people where they can find you. Oh, please go to my website, uh, Whitcomb, the number four, indiana.com, because uh, I got an, I got my link to Act Blue right there, and it'll make it easy for you to donate but also even if you live someplace else in indiana and you want to come down and help us out in southern indiana you are welcome because we are going to be burning up the streets we'll be knocking on doors we will be having all kinds of events for people to come to get to know me and the things that democrats believe in and not even just democrats people believe in common sense common sense and they will find a home with us I love so it. it's Whitcomb for Indiana. I love it. And do either of you have any events or fundraisers coming up that people might want to attend? Yeah, I have nothing on, on the schedule right now, but they, they will be coming up. Uh, I actually, I have, we're going to go, uh, of course, just, you know, uh, register to get on the ballot on, on January 10th at the State House. Uh, I have some friends that are going. We're all going to go together. You've got Sue Arrington, incumbent in 34 i'm running for 35 and then a friend of mine 
Uh, great friend of mine, John Bartlett, 33, he's going to run again this year. So we're all three going to do a little junket over to uh, the State House. I love it. I love them. Community. I love those guys. Tell them I said hi. And I'm going to probably um, have them all well, on the show. Good. Now, um, we are really focusing on our precinct level organization. Okay. So on my website, we will be posting the, some will be virtual and some will be in person. We'll be posting those up. Um, February 2nd, we're having a happy hour for young Democrats here in Love Seymour. It. And uh, I'm so excited about that. And oh, we will be handing out, just to let you know, we will be handing out personal breathalyzers to everyone so they can make sure they're going to be safe on the streets. Love so it. looking love forward it. to it. I love it. Take a buddy, get a designated driver, you know, right. all those things. I love all of this. Um, so guys, you know, you heard from the candidates. Again, we're all on the same page. I can sit around. We could talk about the environment. We could talk about our veterans care. We could talk about public education. We could talk about, you know, um, uh, law uh, 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 criminal justice reform. We're all pretty much as Democrats on that same page, right? But I think yeah. the whole purpose of this show is like for you to get an opportunity to meet these candidates and hear, for, hear from their voice what how they view these issues. We're not going to agree 100% of the time. I need y'all to get that. Like, yeah, I, you know, I, we're just not. And there may be a time where a candidate may or may not say something that they feel like, ah, I got to count my votes because this is politics. But, but if we want to stop the destruction of our democracy and the institutions that protect them, we have got to end that supermajority. We cannot afford to go another four years with a ridiculous supermajority. We cannot. It look, they oh well, you know, exceptions, you know, of rape, incest, and the health of the mother. Do y'all remember? Do y'all remember when Sarah Palin was talking about because she was the first one of the first idiots, right? That they let let bust through the bubble. Uh, when she they talked about the death panels. You remember that? Yeah. You know, Obamacare was going to bring death panels and somebody was going to decide on who lives or die. Cause you, isn't that what they did in Texas to that poor woman? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what they did? Mm -hmm. They have, they have like 12 women suing the state of Texas right now because the attorney general felt like he, they understood what she needed better than her doctors did. The people that actually went to medical school. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how law school translates into a medical license, but hey, so, but this is what's happening. They a lot, they've been lying to you. Just like they, they started off with trickle down economics. They were lying to you. Oh, they wow. said trickle down economics. I know we're gonna get these tax breaks to these wealthy people and it's gonna trickle down. They are lying mm -hmm. to you. Y'all didn't wanna listen to black folk. We try to tell you. You didn't wanna listen to the Native Americans. We try to tell you. Now they come yeah. in, remember they said, they, they came for the Jews and we didn't say nothing. They came for the Hispanics, we didn't say nothing. Now they come in for you. You didn't wanna hear it. You don't wanna ass be on film. Y'all said that, well, he was driving too fast in his Hyundai. Are you serious? But now it's coming home to roost. As, as Malcolm says, the roosters are coming home, baby. And if you're not paying attention, you're gonna be broke, hungry, homeless, all of that, because they don't give a damn. They don't care about you. They care. They don't care about democracy. They don't care about the rule of law. 
They care about power. All exactly. they care about is power. So get on this trip with me. Come on this journey with me. Turn left and come on this journey with me. And this is the way it's going to be all year long. I'm going to be hype. I'm going to be raw. I'm going to be calling it out. Jim Banks is a clown. Uh, Mike Braun is a clown. Attorney General Tarvakita is a clown. He's the worst kind of clown. He's too stupid to be a good clown. He put his nose <laughs> on his ass. You see what I'm saying? This, I'm, not, I'm not pulling no punches because I need y'all to get hype with me. Because pretty soon, if you are not a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant religious right-wing nut, nut, it will not be safe to live in Indiana. Forget all that dumb stuff. It won't even be safe to live. I need you to understand the severity and, and how real this is. They, they tried to overthrow the government on January 6th. They know what they did wrong now. They know what they got wrong now. So please get involved, donate to these candidates, continue to watch Turn Left. If there's something that you like, want to hear or see, or you want me to do, let me know. Go to Trish Wickham's um, page, go to Phil's page, donate, click the donate link. And I've got guests for next week, and then I'm off for a week. I got to go down to New Orleans, but then I'll be back. But we're going to bring you as many guests as we can. And if there's an opportunity for me to interview somebody, it's like a half an hour special. I'm going to try to do that. But the whole goal is to keep us an educated electorate. All right. I will, I'm, I'm going to shut up now. All right. Indiana's own day to black turn left. I'll holler at y'all next week. Peace. Turn Left is the property of Black Girl IT Solutions. Executive producer, Indiana's own Dana Black. Music by www.binsound.com. <laughs>